Welcome back to another edition of the Para Podcast. This week I am joined by Forty. Evening, boys. And also by Ham. And good to be back. And I'm going to assume Birdie will be around sometime soon, but he's, he's coming off the interchange doing. bench. Impact player. Well, I mean, nothing's really happened in the NRL over the off season. So yeah, it's, it's been been really, really quiet. And absolutely, yeah. you know, zero drama. Not much, you know, stirring the pot. It's been incredible. All right, and to start on that <laughs> tangent of uh, of uh, NRL drama, we'll start with Jamin Salmon. Um, we said before we went away that it seemed like everything was all good, fine and dandy because we hadn't heard anything. <laughs> Unfortunately, the reason we hadn't heard anything was because uh, the police took their sweet time investigating the matter. Um, but Brown was... Uh, sorry, not Brown. Salmon was ultimately charged with uh, a drink-driving offence. Uh, Low-range low drink-driving, wasn't it? Yeah. Low-range, um, but it did lead to an accident and whatever else... Uh, um, he got himself into a bit of trouble. He's been sentenced now, and we're still waiting for an eel statement and um, well, the punishment. The, there's a lot been, of a lot of NRL clubs waiting for the integrity unit to enact its um, punishments. You've got Dylan Walker at Manly. You've got Jake DeBellin and an unnamed player at the St George Illawarra Dragons. Obviously, you've um, got Big Pappy. Big Big Pappies. Um, well, the fallout the fallout for Big Pappy continues like on an almost week by week basis. So I don't think they can close that case for a while. But I suppose the only saving grace for Jamin is that his infringement is like on the minor scale compared to what's happened in the landscape of the NRL this off-season because it has been crazy. I mean, the the shitstorm that's gone around, you know, whether it's domestic violence, violence in general, uh, drug abuse, all that sort of stuff, like it's just been, yes, exactly, sexual assault. You know, it, it's an absolute, you know, PR nightmare for the NRL and, you know, probably endemic of a wider issue in the game that is probably going to see some pretty hefty punishments being doled out both now and moving forward. I think it's about time that these bigger punishments come to it. Because oh, I agree, yeah. Sort of, we've had a bit of a boys' club when it comes to punishments and, you know, boys will be boys and all that sort of thing, but no, you, just, you can't do that anymore. You have to you have to make sure that these guys are getting punished properly and, for it. And, and it's, it's a fact of the matter is that, the you know, these men are earning six-figure salaries you know, whether it starts at the minimum wage near 100 or goes up to, you know, the high-profile guys like Ben Barber who would be getting, you know, six dollars $700,000, you'd presume. But, you know, just the complete reckless irresponsibility of their actions, whether it's, you know, belting their misses or throwing stones at their misses as it was alleged, or, um, you know, rampant drug abuse, you know, it, it's just, it, it blows my mind that you can be so stupid as to record, you know, your you know, reckless drug abuse, share it with 25 people. And I understand it is a significant breach of privacy, but you're, uh, I just haven't got words yeah, for you're it. You're putting yourself at risk. Yeah, you you don't want your privacy to be breached, but you are literally inviting it upon yourself. And I don't want to be victim blaming here, but that is just so dumb to share that sort of video with 25 people. Anyway, as, as far as Salmon's concerned, um, yeah, it's a bit unfortunate. We're still waiting for the punishment to be handed down. Um, what, what did Penny get when he did his, he was a queen skin that unfortunately didn't inform the club of his um, DUI in New Zealand. Did he get two or three games? I feel like it's three games. I feel like it was three. Three. So I, I'd, I'd expect the punishment in line with that, to be honest. Um, even though he did tell the, he did tell the club, which would probably benefit his position. But by virtue of it being this off-season where the NRL was just obviously and understandably had enough, um, I'd expect a, a two to three game suspension probably to be handed down, which is really unfortunate because our depth at centres is very thin. But, you know, you do need to draw a line in the sand for this sort of stuff, even if his uh, 
incident was on the lower end scale of the nightmare off season that the NRLs had. Unfortunately, his name's not Greg Inglis, so he well, won't get uh, Grod. I uh, was character, character witness, <laughs> character yeah, reference. Yeah, yeah. And um, what, what was Greg done for? Uh, what was he? Sorry, what Speeding was his what range. was his range of um DUI? Oh, was high it? range? Yeah, it was pretty bad. So you just got to be the Australian captain. And, and it was also the the difference was is that he'd been driving an extended distance as well. Yeah, so, whereas Jamie had obviously had know. a big night. Woke up the next morning to I can left too early. Um, you know, which is silly, but you know, far far less egregious compared to what um, GI had done. So, yeah, once one set of rules for some players, and other sets of rules for the um, marquee guys, I suppose. But that that's nothing new. That's and that's not you know unique to the NRL either. And we touched on before uh, Christmas. Um, it's it's too late in the year to say Happy New Year now because we're already into February. I think that <laughs> that runs happy, past that happy date. Happy Chinese New Year. Um, we, yeah, Chinese New Year uh, started last Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So happy Chinese New Year to um, anyone that celebrates that following the pod. And um, with that, uh, we, we were saying that one, one of the two halves looked likely to be moved on, and it was one yeah. of them in Corey Norman. So I'll just race through the Eels statement. Um, Corey played 106 NRL games for the Eels, and we thank him for his contribution to our club and his community efforts off the field. The Paramount Eels Club wish Corey all the best for the future. So nice and, and brief. Um, maybe that's. I mean, the, there was some some great moments for Corey <laughs> at Parramatta. At his best, he was a phenomenal player. But um, the the valleys and the troughs in his form were obviously pretty significant, and and unfortunately, just more so than that, the situation between him and Mitchell Moses on the field, not off it, just became untenable because they both wanted to be dominant playmakers, and neither could effectively yield control of a team to the other. So, like like you said, Hamish, we predicted the outcome. Not necessarily that it would have been Norman, but it had to be one of the two. Um, and it just so happened that the, the Dragons need a half uh, outside of 2019 because of the Gareth Woodup situation. So, it worked out relatively well cap-wise for us, I think, for the coming season. Um, yeah, yeah so. we, we only burnt his two months of salary. That's right. So, he got, he got, he got that, his pro-rata pro two months. And then, as far as the media's reported, the Dragons essentially took on the rest of his salary, or, or close to, I think. So, it's always hard to tell that because of those close details. To, and they might have got, yeah, it was close to, or they might have got some sort of relief for a portion of yeah, his deal. Yeah, exactly. So, at least the good thing this year is they've actually smartened up with the cap, and um, you know that money will still be on the cap, but we're allowed to bring someone else into the top thirty rather than having someone else play at another club. Yeah. And obviously, there's a couple of key additions to the top 30 that we need to make in the the coming month or so before we um, start the season proper. So I, I assume that money will be chewed up sooner rather than later. As much as we want to add a high-profile prop or a you know difference maker somewhere else in the team, you got guys like uh, Reed Money, Dylan Brown, and whatnot that you need to be looking after right now. So part of that will go towards those guys. And. Um Sorry, um, I was going to go on to the possible replacement for Corey Norman being Dylan Brown. And just in that uh, that period, once Norman was released, and there was speculation from uh, New Zealand Warriors about Dylan Brown, um, the statement from the Eels in response to recent speculation about Dylan Brown, the Paramount Eels Club can confirm Dylan is under contract to our club until the end of 2020 season. Uh, we presume that's the development contract, but... Um, 
provided he takes the reins uh, to start at 5.8 to, to start the season, you'd expect him to get an upgrade to a top 30 contract. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think that'll be announced when they have to announce it because um, I think it's just the night before the season starts, isn't it? That it has to be... Yeah, you need to announce your 29th, 29th player yeah. before the season and then obviously the 30th player, I think, falls along with the June 30 uh, deadline. Yeah, so like both of them could already be upgraded. We don't know, but they're just waiting until... Um, when does round one start? I can't. <laughs> God, uh, March March twenty two or something thereabouts. Maybe it's late March. Let me find no, out for you. week before that. Don't don't feel like. Don't uh, you, whenever it is, the night before. Don't you we'll correct that. me? Oh uh, yeah, you're right. It's the week before. <laughs> Fourth the fourteenth of March, Thursday night footy, Melbourne Storm hosting the Brisbane Broncos. Well, there, there you go. go. So on the thirteenth, every club will probably put out something and. Yeah, the yeah, I've got no doubt both of them will be top thirty. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, that whole little saga surrounding Dylan and the Warriors was scary as a fan because it came out of the blue. All of a sudden, you know, the Warriors had let Sean Johnson go and, and it was all like, it wasn't just one media source, it was multiple sources reporting that that identified Dylan Brown as their guy and they were willing to go after him for three or four years or whatever it was. And uh, obviously Hamish and I, who, you know, been covering Dylan's progression through the juniors since he played in the Harold Matts, you know, we we're, were a little bit worried about that because we knew that, you know, he was a very talented young kid. You know, our best hardest prospect that we'd seen, at least in our, in our um, you know, five plus years of covering the juniors. And I mean, to the club's credit, they did get out a, a pretty strongly worded statement. And, you know, every indication has been since then that Dylan Brown is very much a core part of his team, not just moving forwards long term, but heading into the 2019 season because he's been earmarked in an almost endless barrage of, you know, media articles as the guy. You've had Mitchell Moses come out endorsing him. You know, you've had the Daily Telegraph talking about, <clears throat> you know, how talented this kid is. Um, you know, he's, he's caught on fire on Supercoach. I think half the um, the, the preseason rosters feature Dylan Brown as a, you know, star cheapie. So everyone's, you know, it's not just para fans buying into the Dylan Brown hype. There's a lot of um, neutral fans hoping that he has a big season for their Supercoach teams. Yeah, and as you said, just like seeing him as a 15-year-old in Harold Matts and you know, just seeing him progress through SG Ball. And I remember that um, national final where we played the Western Mustangs. Western Mustangs, that's right, and yeah. He was just a, just a class above everyone else at the age of 17. And um, then, in the same season, he goes into the then Holden Cup, the last season of the um, the NYC and its iterations of Holden Cup. And you would yeah. not know he was a 17-year-old. He takes a team to the grand final, was one of the best players on the park on that grand final day, and only yeah. to be done... In the, you know, the first try minute. in the game. <laughs> yeah. You know, only to be done the 79 minute, you know, man, Manly obviously played it very well that day and it was unfortunately lost. But, you know, the kid has uh, repeatedly proven that when he steps up in age group, he has no issues finding his feet and starting to take over that, that um, division. He did it in the SG Ball as a, a uh, 17, uh, 17 year old in an under-18s competition, a true 17-year-old. Well, 16, 16-year-old. That's right, yeah. yeah. That, that's what I mean, a, tr- a true under-17s player, sorry, rather than a 17-year-old. Yeah. Exactly the same, the NYC playing up three years, you know, compared to the under-20s bracket. And then he didn't um, look as flashy in the ISP, but uh, as you were, you know, talking to me about last year, his defence was, you know, really eye-catching in that, um, that age group of open or senior football, you know, he played the first three or four games missing literally single, single digit, uh, so single digit, single um, hand, you know, you could count on a single hand amount of missed yeah. tackles he'd made. 
uh, and you know he sort of was coming into his own as the season went on. And it should be noted that the Wenty roster last year was abysmal, so he had you know zero uh, support from his um you know playing group around him as far as talent. So yeah, I'm I'm a little bit I'm leery of the the Dylan Brown hype getting out of control, especially because the media love to make a story out of you know the Parramatta halfback, the Peter Sterling curse, but. I think Dylan's got a different temperament to a lot of the other guys that have um, been called to to wear that, or he'll be wearing the number six, I assume. But you know, wearing the the cursed numbers, I suppose you could argue seven or six. So I'm really looking forward to what he can do in that Canberra Raiders trial, and see how he goes. Um, partnering with Mitch Moses. Yeah, sorry, I was going to say I think people forget how good Brett Kenny was in his day um, in that number six jersey. I think it's you know just as. Um established and, and, um, and sort of that's, a, a prize it's actually as a seven. really funny you say that because if you're talking Peter Stowing and Brett Kenny the comparison you should be making for Dylan Brown is 100% Brett Kenny not Peter Stowing as far as play styles and the player I've, I've compared and I, I hate saying this because people immediately say well he's not how's he going to be an immortal but the player that he reminds me of in the modern era is Darren Lockyer just because he glides around the field He's, you know, a very serious running threat. He can kick and pass as well. And he plays at his own pace. And that's something that Lockyer was very... Yeah, and exactly. That's that's the other thing that Lockyer was very good at. They, they, play, they play the game at their own pace and super fit. But, yeah, Brett Kenny is actually the best internal comparison you can make skill set-wise because Kenny was, a you know, a phenomenal runner of the ball, um, had a lovely pass, and was a pretty good defender too. It was a big, you know, you don't really talk about that part of his game, but he was a pretty, for a half, he could play lock pretty comfortably as well. And Dylan's, you know, very similar in that sense. You know, he's not a, a dominant defender, but he does not shy away from the contact. So that that'll be yeah, interesting to see if that comparison sort of comes comes out in the in the season proper because it'll it'll depend on that dynamic between Mitchell Moses and Dylan Brown as far as whether Moses plays as you know the primary distributor and lets Dylan sort of chime in out wide and, and play what's in front of him as opposed to having to organise his edge. All right, and talking about Dylan Brown, um, no doubt if you are, well, obviously you're taking in the the podcast medium, um, you may have noticed there's an official one by the Parramatta Eels um, National National Rugby League team, the Talk in Paradise, in which Dylan Brown was featured um, last week. So we're going to address the elephant in the room. We started this first. (laughs) We're we're the premier Parramatta Eels podcast. This is our turf. We're the official unofficial podcast. They're just the official podcast. So but ha- one ha- having said, ha- having said that, uh, the official Eels one's a little bit different in that it's player interviews rather than any discussion about what's going on. So, um, quite welcome for them to continue, even though they didn't ask for our permission. But they were. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, to be fair, I've been a big sticker of the lack of content coming out of the club. So you know, got to give them credit where credit's due. It is good to have our players in front of the mic, you know, just giving us, whether it's slice of life stuff, you know, a bit of insight into their play style, into their sto- um, the stories that got them to the NRL or, or to where they are at Parramatta. So I do do enjoy it. More content is a big plus for us. Yeah, it's really good. Just like, also with the case of someone like Dylan Brown or Oregon Kafusi or any of the young guys coming up, gets them in front of a microphone too and it's sort of an easy way and to slide a- into the media. Exactly. It's a big part of becoming a professional rugby league player, which, as we sort of touched on indirectly in our opening um, uh, uh, chat about you know the, the off-season issues to the NRL, uh, these guys evidently didn't get enough training in that regard as far as being you know responsible men and, and even in front of the microphone because it's such an important part. And you know, you, 
you grow, you know, fans grumble about guys like Cameron Smith as you know the the guy that's the referee's ref and whatnot, but he is fantastic as a as a professional in front of the microphone. You know, he's obviously done media training and in his capacity as the captain of a Storm Queensland in Australia, he's gotten used to it. But that that should be the standard that you want your other players to be emulating. Wherever they can get to is a different you know different matter because Smith is obviously very good at that. But you know, you want him to be able to be comfortable in front of the microphone and not make you know silly statements or or get panicked. All right, well, I think that wraps up those th- thoughts. Unless you guys had anything else to say on that? Um, no, you want to jump into the district reps? Um, yeah, if we want to start with the district reps and then we'll jump into the trial matches right, on yeah. Thursday the 7th. So um, I'll hand over to you, Forty and Ham, regarding the district reps because you're better informed than me. So um, the way I see it is that we've... Um, the way the, you know, the, the district rep cycle, because obviously there's a two-year bracket in each age group. You've got under-16s, and you generally have either under-15s or under-16s playing, and then in the 18s, it's obviously the same for under-17s and under-18s. Um, on this cycle, the Harold Matthews has pretty much rotated through entirely to the SG ball, and the SG ball is a combination of guys in their second year, and then obviously those guys that have been promoted up, so it's a pretty healthy squad as far as talent and um, a mix of youth and youthful energy and experience relative to the age group. Um, for the Mats, though, it's, it's almost entirely a new squad, isn't it, Ham? Yeah, the only one that played last year, I'm going to say, is Larry Muagatudia, and I hope I pronounced that correctly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just um, yeah, having a gander over that, that squad list. I mean, there's names that I'll recognise because of potential bloodlines or or um, just you know familiarity because we've got a Kafusi in there. No relation. Uh, we've, got, we've got a Tupo in there. No relation. I, I'd probably yeah. say Max Tupo. Yeah. Uh, there's a Russell. I'm not sure if that's Sean Russell's younger brother or I don't think it whatnot. Is. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's a uh, uh, Gabriel Kalache returns. That's another returning yes. player there. Yeah, Ham yeah that's right. He halves. played all of last year. He was actually. I was surprised to learn that he was um, returning for the Howard I thought he was quite solid last year for the for the team. Mm. So um, yeah, it'll so be good to see he'll, he'll, steps up. I imagine there'd be a lot of responsibility of him in the halves as you know one of the senior playmakers, but um, he he flashed some pretty good talent running the ball and distributing it last year. Um, sort of more of a, a five eighth than a halfback, I dare say. But you know he looked pretty good in that age group. But yeah, so as a result, it's going to be a learning curve for myself and Ham for the first few weeks, which unfortunately uh, is a pretty brutal schedule. We're away at Central Coast, away at Illawarra for the first couple of weeks, unless they've changed the schedule again. I don't know. No, I can get so, to, I can um, get to the Illawarra one, but the um, Central Coast one this week, I've. Won't be able to, but if so, you're up there, uh, we're gonna. If you're up there, yeah. If you're up there, Maury uh, please Oval by all means. At, at, you can cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the draw here. It starts yep. at midday, twelve o'clock. And so, if you're a listener of the pod, um, by all means, get down there and you can drop us a line on Twitter um, at at the Para Podcast. Is that right, Hamish? You there, bro? Yep. <laughs> That's the one. Uh, what are we at? At the Para Podcast or there, thereabouts? You probably can find us on the... At Para Podcast. Para Podcast, yeah. So drop us a line on the Para Podcast or you can jump on TCT2 to give my um, my side a shameless plug. Um, if, if you can get out there, by all means, um, give us some feedback because Ham, Ham and I will take a couple of weeks to get our opinion on the Harold Matthews squad because we, we haven't got access to them and, and it's all this uh, you know, new talent coming in. The ball, on the other hand, we are very familiar with and there's a lot of um, reasons to be excited about this team. Um, a sensational forward pack, some explosive um, explosive finishes out wide in the back line. Um, 
a little there's a few question marks about the spine. There's there's talent in there for sure, but it's a matter of consistency for these guys. But I'm um, starting with the forwards, Ham. Um, who's got your eye heading into round one? Oh, it has to be Hollis and Hughes. <laughs> who 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 hasn't got your eye? Oh, uh, honestly, that, that's starting it, to, forward pack. I would, it's, I would yeah, dare say it's probably the best starting forward pack of an SG ball. The the Eels have fielded some some outstanding forward packs in the SG ball in the last few years. This one might be the best, Absolutely and that's ridiculous. probably put probably probably putting the mockers on him now that we've said that. Yeah, but on a <laughs> on a physical ability, footballing talent, personal commitment to the, like you know on, on the field sort of deal. This is you know eight, eight through to thirteen is just. Phenomenal. I think, uh, like the, you said, starting with you go. Man. I was just about to say, I think the only player who hasn't played rep in the starting back line is uh, in the not starting back line, the starting forward pack. Sorry, would be Jaden Skinner, and and he he's the player that almost you know stole the show yeah. in that trial against Penrith. He came out and was belting people all day long and was running. You know, it wasn't wasn't you know an incredibly destructive runner, but he was running tough, hitting nice lines. But like without like in defense, he was just smashing people. So he and you know he was playing to the whistle and you know getting sort of you know right in that line, giving away the odd penalty. But the aggression and the intent were fantastic. So you 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 know you mentioned Sam Hughes and David Hollis. They if, if you're watching from the sidelines, you couldn't not notice them because they just tower above everyone else and, and they are physically bigger than everyone yeah. else. And it's not as if they're um, big for the age run over the top of people. No, these guys have actually. Put in their, or they played twenties last year, so that gives you the that's right sort of an idea yeah, so of the talent that they have and where the club of holds their physical them. potential. That's right. Yeah, so they're not just got a big for their age, run at the top. You know, they actually have very good skills. They're very good, both very good defenders. Both have a very good attitude. Um, I believe both of them. Uh, if people made it out to the open training session late last year, I believe Hollis was one of the props lining up in the jersey flag team. It was opposing the first guy, and he was apparently he was taking it right to them, which is which is good to hear because one of the concerns about you know those sort of tall, rangy, athletic props is whether they've got enough aggression in their game. And Hollis has definitely um, honed that edge of his game in the last sort of season and a half, which is you know always encouraging. Sam Hughes, on the other hand, is just you know you talk about pound for pound footballers, and he's got lots of pounds, and he he bring he brings the heat. No, like regardless, he is um. Uh, a very talented uh, player, formerly a, an edge back rower, but um, he transitioned to lock in his uh, first year of Harold Matthews after joining the Eels from Cronulla, um, and now he's just a fully fledged prop. He's just an absolute unit. Um, awesome red zone weapon. He he finds the sort of the gaps between defenders. Super physical, um, and yeah, and that that's part of the reason why that starting pack is so dominant is those two bookends. But you, know, you look elsewhere. You've had you know Trey Mooney, who I believe is the captain of the team. Uh, I could be mistaken, uh, but he, he's a player that did, did something that's very unusual as far as um, forwards concerned. He went from prop to the edge. Usually, you see it the other way around, and when you sort of get to the 18s. Well, yeah, when he was but, um, um, he was out. It was when he was 15. He was playing mats. He was actually out on the edge. Yes, so and then that, that's right. He got he got limited exposure that season. Came back the next year as a, a prop, and that could have been more uh, speaking towards the the construction of that forward pack that year for the mats. But he looked very, um, very sold out wide in the. He was the right edge back row. Am I correct in saying that, Ham? Yeah. And um, we talked about Jaden Skinner. He was a starting left edge back rower, which left uh, Caleb Tohi. Is that right? 
at Starting Rock? No, sorry, it was. Um, no, it was Albert. Yeah. Albert. Etuate. Etu- Albert Etuate for Ave. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and Albert is a guy that could play prop or lock interchangeably. He's a number athletic forward, um, very good in his feet, um, loves um, running the ball. And then, yeah, off the bench, you got you know very talented young guys like Caleb Toey, Peter Tatio, uh, uh, Jonte Jr. Jonte Jr. Beffin Mesa had a decent game. Um, the, the 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 bench forwards had a few mistakes creeping into their game and sort of a lot of handling errors, but that was also um, reflective of Penrith too that that game ended up being like a six or draw I think, and there was just a lot of handling errors in between the good football. So the the packs got a lot of power. Uh, the backline, some fantastic talent. Um, I, I think we mentioned it on the podcast last year. Matthew Komalafi, one of our favourite players in the the team. Um, awesome athletic winger with a very good sense for the game. Um, works hard. Scored a ton of tries in that trial, actually. I think he got a hat-trick um, um, early on. I had him down for a hat-trick. Yeah, he could have scored uh, another one, too, notes. from memory. He went really close. Yeah, about a meter and he got, he, got a, he got a penalty try. Yes, he did, too. Uh, That's like, right. Yeah. He got dragged. Yeah. In, a, in a trial. So there you go, a rare occurrence. Um, it was really good to see uh, Josh uh, Tuopolotu back. Um, he got injured in the grand final against Manly last year, and it was a turning point in that game. He was one of the best players on the field. He went up to contest the bomb in his own half and got clipped in the air and broke his leg pretty badly. Well, not just, but he, he looked pretty. Not just one of the best players on the field on that day. He was also awarded. Well, um, he was. He was the player, the player of the season. He was literally the player of a season across the entire competition. That's right. That's how good he was last year. So it was good to see him back out there. Um, he didn't have a huge impact. He, he did have his impact on the game, but he didn't have a you know, game-changing presence. But they played him for a lot of minutes, which was good to see him you know, get through because obviously it was a, a milestone for him to come back from injury. Um, Christian Pasatoa wasn't out there. Neither was Viliami Penasini, and they would have been the two senior center pairing. Uh, center, sorry. Um, I think there was a bit of speculation that Penasini might uh, skip SG Ball and play NYC this year which I wouldn't be surprised because he's physically he's dominant and he's quite capable of doing that. Uh, otherwise, uh, Penny Toey, Sean Russell both had their moments. I'm just trying to think. Yeah, that's... Did they rotate in any other backs? Uh, Sam Louisu. Sam Louisu, yeah, that's right. He played out in the left edge at centre, yeah. Uh, and then the the halves and the hookers were as a mixed bag, wasn't yeah, it, him? Just... It was... I'm unsure. I don't want to put any mockers on them or talk them down or anything I just think that might be the the weak weakest part of this squad only purely because this is a very very good squad that we've assembled for the teams this year that you know compared to the rest of it I think that is where we'll definitely be lacking um, across the season is the halves end at hooker Tyler Field had his moments at hooker he ran the ball nicely but uh, sort of in between that was in between the 20s once we got to the red zones Play broke down a lot. Uh, service got sloppy, uh, a little bit from Tyler Field, but more so from David Tui. I thought struggled to to find the right man um, from the the ruck. Um, Tavita Masma had some you know moments of pure brilliance, but also some you know just you know derpier moments where he didn't take the right option and sort of hamstrung his his back line. Uh, young Jacob Arthur, um, who who's going to get probably a lot of scrutiny because he's Brad's son, uh, was. Really good kicking the ball when we got to our fifth tackle, which is a, an issue for the team outside of just Jacob. We um, struggled to control our possessions. Uh, he had a couple of brilliant red zone kicks that were you know, right in the goal line, gave his guys a chance to score, but we couldn't quite get it done. But he, um, I suppose the big knock on me for him, sorry, knock on him from me rather, uh, is that he sort of faded out of the game a little bit, which is what you don't want from your controlling half. 
Um, and that, you know, that's, it's a easy criticism to label against a young playmaker because it is hard to take control of a team, especially in that age group where in the 18s, you're still, if you're, you're a star forward or a star back, you're still one of the dominant sort of presences in the team. And, you know, you're trying to get your halves to get, get everyone in the right place and it's not easy. So he, he sort of had the same problems, Jacob, in his uh, first season of Mats, would you say, Ham, where in the first couple of rounds he, he struggled to get the team going where he wanted. But once he did find his voice and find his feet, the team started looking a lot better in the back end of that season. So that, that the spine is the big knock on, on this team, or the big question mark, rather, is you know how can Arthur, Massima, uh, Field, and Tui, you know, working at 6, 7, and 9, 14, uh, collectively... You know, take control of the immense talent available in the forward pack and the back line. But it'll be a fun ride because this is a very talented team. Although that ride is still up in the air because as of today, the New South Wales Rugby League changed the draw for the third time or oh, something like that. So that. We're, we're, we're not sure where that ride is going at the moment. <laughs> um, just another thing, just before um, we move on, I'd also like to um, acknowledge the power... Uh, Jesus Christ. Um, the Andrew Johns and Laurie Daly Cups that Parramatta are involving themselves in this year. Um, I haven't been able to do up a draw for them, but if you do search for the Laurie Daly Cup and Andrew Johns Cup, um, there is a fixture that comes up for them and it's very all well laid out and everything. And um, It says there's a couple of games. If you go on to it, Parramatta in the Northern Pool, um, so that's with uh, Newcastle... Um, Central Coast Roosters, North Coast Bulldogs, who I believe uh, foster up that way. Um, Northern, Rivers, Northern Rivers Titans, wouldn't have a clue, and Greater Northern Tigers. So, yeah, they're, um, we've joined that. Um, and, yeah, so it'll be, if you sort of live up that way or you see them coming up that way, go on. All right, well, welcome Birdie in. Hey, hey, Birdie. hey how's it going, guys? Did an Nathan the Cade. Jared Goff, the Jared Goff of the podcast, he just doesn't turn up when the pressure's on. Oh, I was going to say the Nathan Kalis, I chucked the sickie and screws all. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say this. Take the, the take the week off. Don't don't need the train, boys. I got other duties. I got on. home and I was like, I may have forgotten something. And I checked. Maybe I left my wallet outside. Maybe I left my key somewhere. <laughs> and I was like. I got a notification from Hamish. I'm like, who's Hamish? And I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> the podcast. I knew we'd get this, something, classy. ladies and gentlemen. This this is why Talk in Paradise isn't a threat to the Para podcast. No, you just cannot buy this sort of talent. Have, exactly. Have you already talked about that podcast yet? Yeah. You yes, go we have. You got anything you got anything oh, you want to add to? All I'm going to say is, thank God, I like the Para podcast. Sounds better. Talk in Paradise sounds like a Love Island mishmash. So um, I'm glad. I have to say, it, it, we did, it could be a, it could we, be we a Coldplay. A it could be a Coldplay fan group, to be honest. Oh, you know, exactly. Parrot. I know exactly, and, and it's not even a podcast. It's just a Q and A. You know, it's just like that's it. Spit, it's spit in the fire. We're going to get a season desist soon. Oh We're going to get a yeah. A, a, was it a DMCA or DCMA? Which one is the Digital Millennia Copyright Act? Yeah. Cease and desist. <laughs> going to get yeah. copyright strikes. Yeah. Just uh. What just on just on that when we were sort of spitballing for ideas, we did put in uh, Paradise and yes, it, it we was decided, one of the podcast yes, names. No, we realised we yeah. have hair on our chest and we're not sixteen year olds. <laughs> that's why. Hashtag sack Ben. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Hashtag oh, let me be Ben's assistant we, so I can we learn. Settle down. Settle down. Very, very soon. <laughs> oh, jeez. Come on, Bertie. It's all right. It's all good. Okay, so so just so Bertie knows, we've talked 
Uh, did we even talk about the festival? I can't remember. No. We didn't. No, no, it's, we're, we're getting to that. Just oh, hold sorry. on. But, but, First of all, Thursday the 7th of February, Ringrose Park, 5pm, Jersey Flegg, Eels taking on Souths, and then 7pm, ISP, Wenty taking on Souths. I understand that there's going to be a fair few first yeah, graders I, I was just for Wenty. Say, if, if you've got the, well, we already talked about it, if you've got the chance to get out to Maury Breen Oval for the junior reps um, this weekend, do it very much so. If you've got time Thursday evening, I would recommend getting out to Ringrose Park because... The Wenty lineup will feature plenty of top 30 talent, I'm pretty certain. Um, I wouldn't expect, you know, walk-up NRL starters to be playing, which is obviously guys like Gufferson, Ferguson, Moses, etc., etc. But I would expect a lot of the um, the sort of broader depth players uh, for the team to be out there. So you're looking at, obviously, all the young kids, um, Oregon, Kafusi, Stefano, Toikamanu, um, Carl Snyder, I, I suppose. Um, uh, who else is out there? Um Ray Stone, you get we'll get our first look at Andrew Davy, the guy from the Queensland um, ISP. Parry Dunster, I reckon um, I'll probably run around. Yeah, Parry Dunster, uh, Greg Lelisial for those that are you know fans of the media hype he's got. Um, <laughs> uh, Will Smith is Will Smith is injured. I'm pretty certain. I, I reckon Bevan French will probably get a run at fullback. Um, uh, George Jennings was in orange this week, so I'm not expecting him to play. Uh, who else is out there? Michael Jennings will play. Uh, Hoffman will probably be out there. You know, part of our depth back line. Maybe Tacker. I'm not sure where where he um is. Uh, whatever forwards could be out there. Salisi, um, Fainga. Salisi, yes, yeah, Salisi, Fainga. It's another good one there. Um, and then uh, there'll be uh, some Wenty talent in the. I think they'll they'll play essentially two games in the one game with the Para talent and the Wenty talent both getting uh, runs in their respective squads. Uh, it's it's a shame we don't get to see Makasivo. That's the other guy yes. I was looking forward to, but he's still in orange at the priest. He's looking pretty giant though. Holy <laughs> shit! There was um some great some great pictures of him in the the gallery this week, and he was looking like an absolute unit. So um, that that'll be a fun story to follow. Which on us, uh, which one's the basis. teenager that we signed? Solomoni Solomoni Solomon uh, Naduki. Naduki. He'll still be with Flag. He's um not. He, yeah, he's um not not in the senior galleries, but um yeah. If you can get see the pictures of Sevo Birdie, there's some great shots there. Oh, he's yeah. absolute. He's um got monster arms and legs. What about that uh, yeah, Queensland be... half Bailey BBO? I'll just call him BBO. Oh, uh, Bailey Beyond Yoda. Yeah. Um, I expect him to be playing in the the first game, the the NYC game. Oh, Do we have a? Did they end up announcing the um 2019 NYC uh, squad yet, Ham? Yeah, just the summer squad so far. So there's a lot of question marks for. In that team, we haven't had a chance to yeah, had a look at them. Um, <laughs> that's right. They've been they've been on the training paddock, obviously, and they've done some opposed work every now and then against the first graders. But this is our first proper look at them, and um, given that some of their core talent is playing in the Wenty fixture, as we talked about before, Ethan Parry, Hayes Dunster, uh, Jamin and Salmon, some will be playing first or, grade like Kafusi, Dylan Brown. Um, yeah, yeah. You look at like literally seven or eight of their best eligible players not playing I, um, NYC this year. It'll be a big test of the the talent pool. Who will be captain of Winnie, by the way? Because like, didn't we have? Oh, um, that's a good question. Yeah, that's a good question. Because I think the last captain we had was that Nelson guy. Yeah, Cody Nelson. I think Dave Dave Gow was a, if he if he's not playing in a role was a pretty well, safe option. But then again, he might just. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, Stoney was Stoney was the captain. I'm pretty certain late last year. And what I was going to get to with Gower is that he's a good enough of a leader without the C that you wouldn't need to, you know, 
give him that. But captaincy. then again, Raystone's already the, um, a know, pretty big C, if you if you know what I mean. <laughs> that's all. I mean, you could make you could make the same same case for Stoney. So, I suppose the question is whether the Eels need someone to be groomed into a leadership capacity. Could be Kyle, uh, you know, long term, and they, yeah, exactly. If if Kyle's um, going to be playing ISP from round one, he you know he's an option. He's he's got fantastic leadership credentials throughout his entire junior career. Uh, I was trying to think who else be up there. Uh, Stoney, as you said, is a good choice. Um, uh, yeah, I think because with us relying on youngsters, we're going to need you know a senior, you know, senior head that's going to be playing a lot when he, you know, not in and out of the first grade because you need, you need like a constant um, leader or veteran in the squad. If that makes sense, you know. But don't forget, you've got a coach. Yeah, who's that's a, a ex- exactly coach as well. what I was going to say. Is that that's probably the low key, the most exciting thing for Wenty this year is that they've got an experienced, extremely well credentialed. Uh, hard head for a coach there in Rip Taylor, you know, who's been there won it all multiple times in the New South Wales Cup in the ISP. So I think his influence will be very good for the team and the young talent in the team in that regard. And I would say, as far as those two games are concerned, knock on wood, I should be out there covering them on TCT. So if you want to get the blow-by-blow uh, game updates on um, on my site, uh, feel free to jump across there or, um, or, as usual, hit us on Twitter as well. Well, Sorry, I mean, did you just say technically, I was the one that bought out. <laughs> technically, I was the one that, that paid for the the, um, the OG hosting and set it all up. But obviously, um, when I say my site, it's a collective my between myself, sixties Mitch, and and Chris. I hope you. Li- I hope they're listening. I hope they're listening. Hey, I know they listen I, to this. But if I, hope I, don't, I don't get, I don't get those sweet sponsorship dollars, so I'm going to take ownership of the site on a on an ex- on an existential <laughs> level. So, you know, that's that's my you know my um my cut out of the deal is I get to say it's my site. That's it. So, right six, six, 60, Mitch, Chris, if you're listening, I, I was just joking, guys, so I promise. <laughs> and also, I just wanted to touch, there's a revised time for our trial against the Canberra Raiders. Um, they originally had 6 o'clock, but it's now moved to 7 o'clock on Friday the 15th of February. Um, also, remember, it's occurring at St. Mary's, so... Our gates open, I think, about six, so be down there to go try get a... Yeah, there's only um, one grandstand, isn't there, down there early. Just, I reckon rock up about ten minutes before the game. <laughs> just whoever's... <laughs> I want to stand up. Don't worry. Spread, spread it to all your mates. Just rock up ten minutes before the game. Don't, 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 don't even turn up, you know. Just, just let... They don't even have a good hot dog stand down there, so they're not going to have any entertainment anyway, so... No, just go Maccas no, across I'll, the road, man. I, I, gut, gut, dollar hamburgers. I gut feel right now. No, uh, the Penner trial is our sort of litmus test trial for who's playing first grade. What are we expecting roster-wise out of the Canberra trial? Um, well, no Bevan French. All stars, no all stars call-ups. That's all right. Yeah, um, I reckon Dylan Brown and Moses. I think a big forward pack. You're, you're looking like sort of like a quarter to a half of a game for core players. And then give the um the the young guys the French guys, you know, run of the land. Yeah, I think Chuck so. Junior back in there to uh, terrorize yeah, his ex teammates. There, there, there <laughs> is certainly an element that you know Junior needs to get a few minutes there just to stick it to the old teammates. But uh, yeah, no, I reckon we run with a pretty strong squad. All right, not not necessarily our first grade team. Like if there's a few that have um got a couple of niggling injuries or anything or aren't quite up ready like um, Nathan Brown's only just returned to um, running so 
I think he'll be ready for round one, but maybe not the first. Hey, man, with with Brownie, there's not too much to worry about as far as his contribution on the field. You know. Oh no. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, getting um, getting those combinations. I, th- I think the most important thing, the most important thing for me is fullback Clint Gutherson, halves Dylan Brown, Mitchell Moses, Hooker. Yeah, that home. that is number one with that's, an exclamation mark. That's the, um, put the bold font in size yeah. sixteen. Um, you know, in a size eleven double space document. But uh, the other one for me is those centre wing combinations too. Um, obviously, you're not going to get Ferguson there, and I, I don't know if Bevan's the the first choice opposite Flanker. But uh, whether George Jennings and and Jamin Salmon or George Jennings, Michael Jennings can get going. I'm actually now now that we say that, I'm curious to see who is next up. Given that Fergie and um, French will be unavailable, who gets that sort of nod as the the next up winger? I'd have to say, you'd have to say Hoffman. I mean, Hoffman's been there, done that, and you know what you're going to get out of him, but it's almost a perfect opportunity to give a guy like Hayes or Ethan, you know, a little bit of a taste of, you know, what what it like, what it's like against a, a first-grade outfit. So that's... They can definitely come in, but I think the next, the next cab off the rank would have to be Hoffman. But you know what Hoffman's going to give you in the regular season, so that's why I'm thinking maybe in the trial, this is the ideal chance to give um, Parry or Dunster the chance. So that, that that's something to monitor for the if we ever get a team list for that game, since we're not getting team list this week. But um, <laughs> well, it won't be until next week. At least it's only the fourteenth. But hey, we hey, will know that we're we're going to be missing French and Ferguson and also there, Are there not as two well. trial games on Thursday? Yeah, yeah where's, where's my team list? Sorry. Where's my team list? You're making me have to go to. I'll come out a minute before. You're making me have off. to leave. And you'll be happy. You're making me have to lean you'll lean on my um, my shady sources, and I never like doing that. <laughs> Got any more <laughs> shady sources? But uh, yeah, that's the the Raiders trial will be interesting to see, just because of the guys that are unavailable because of representative selection. Um, I don't. Canberra aren't traditionally a strong preseason team. I don't think. I remember Newcastle put the cleaners from a couple of years ago, back when Newcastle was still pretty ordinary. So I don't know how much value there is as far as. Uh, you know, reading into the the overall performance, but you just want to get through that game relatively unscathed because the pen of trial will tell you most of what you need to know, I think. Although, saying that, last year we got sort of misled by um, the old pen of trial and, and the first round match, so knock on wood, it's a little bit different this year. We didn't play oh, there you go. last year. We didn't. Newcastle trial. That's right, it was a Newcastle trial, which we looked stunning in, and then for. That's why we weren't any good because we didn't play There you go. There you go. God, ha- Ham has cracked the, um, the Lepara code. There you go. The 2018 puzzle. That's it. Done. <laughs> Don't ever play Newcastle in a trial again. That's it. <laughs> Alrighty. So, um, what that, what's that leave us with? Those revised yeah, revised times, times for the, 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 Penrith the next. Yeah. Uh, no, Penrith is still on at the same time. It was just the, the change to the. Oh, and well. by the way, Westerns uh, have they? So. Uh, no, I can't recall. By the way, no. tickets for that Penrith trial are available right now. I went out and secured myself and Ham our um, allocation of tickets. $30 for a family ticket, so it's, it's not too bad. Otherwise, I think it's twelve fifty individual tickets, so even then, if you go, you're going by yourself or in a pair, it's not you know exorbitantly expensive. And we're definitely children, so... <laughs> children in the man morning. Children. We're, we're man children, that, that counts, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, and Western Sydney Wanderers. Oh, sorry. Gee, get Western Sydney Stadium. All right, I'm, 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 I'm converting to Talking Paradise. This is bullshit.
Yeah, that's crap. Ninety <laughs> percent complete. Sorry, I wrote you it down did, as WSW, did. but it's West. Yeah. What I did there. Um, what, what's it called now? West Bank or West? What? Oh yeah, Bank who West. who ended up sponsoring it? You were about right. to say Wank Best, weren't you? I mean, it is it. But anyway, that's, is it that's is it bad complete, optics to have? So we're, we're looking good. Is it bad optics to have a bank sponsoring the stadium after what's come out of the Royal Commission? Let's talk about this for a second. No, no, Bank Bank West haven't been recommended. It's the big three: Combank, ANZ, and NAB. Um, got Combank, Westpac, and NAB both got cited as well. So I'm not sure if it was a. Well, one got left out of a recommendation for criminal charges. I can't. It was one of Westpac or NAB. I can't remember but, which one. But yeah, Combank owned West uh, Bank West. So, I mean, Bank Bank West is a good fit because it's yeah. Western Sydney Stadium, and that's part of the reason why I dare say they looked into those sponsorship rights. So it, it's as far as but it's dumb because they're from Perth. I know, but I know, but Perth. as far as some of the dumb stadium names going around the NRL, one three hundred smiles, one eight hundred smiles, and. Uh, Lotto Land and all that sort of and, um, shit. We we got a pretty good Centrelink Stadium. We we got a <laughs> we got a pretty good we got a pretty good deal out of it, <laughs> even though it's not you know quote unquote our our stadium. Uh, as far as ownership's concerned, it's obviously our home ground, and I can stomach uh, Bank West, although I'm going to call it Paris Stadium. So yeah, everyone will call it Paris Stadium. Only cops will not call it <laughs> Paris Stadium. <laughs> and be- oh no, I won't. Okay, but, I won't uh, yeah, that. Ninety percent complete. Birdie, what do you think of the Wanderers? <sighs> <laughs> is this PG or are we like are we after this is still still PG? This is in the paradise. paradise. Oh yeah, what a bunch of sh- oh my god! I've never, you know I thought Parramatta were a basket case. Seriously, thank God I'm a Sydney FC <laughs> fan, and I'm giving it to my brother. His his team. I've heard every excuse. It's the referees. It's the league. It's the coach. Everything by the players. Oh my god, they don't even deserve the stadium. There we go. And and How? to think that and to think they want to name a a, a stand after a legend. Who who the bloody getting wouldn't there's, there's no demotion in this league. Relegate the, um, relegation. How the um turntables right? Or you know to use an office officeism. The oh, the Wanderers were Jesus absolute Christ. darlings for the first couple of years. You know on the back of you know historic success. Yeah. Obviously they, they couldn't quite go all the way, but they were phenomenal and. Now they're, you know, every bit the basket case that Parramatta Eels have been at their worst in recent times. And for all this talk about wanting a, an active supporter area, yeah. couldn't hear the RBB last week when oh. it was um, 5-1 and that's, against that, Newcastle. That's what the most... Yeah. And this is what I've been saying, I said all along, and I dare say a lot of you guys have said too, it was all well and good for the RBB and the rest of the fans to be out there 20,000 strong every week when they were the you know best or top two team in the A-League. But the, the true measure of a fan base is when times get tough. And that's something that I always give a lot of credit to our fans for. Because even when things were bad, and things for Parramatta have been bad. you know, And obviously, as anyone listening to Parra Podcast is a hardcore enough fan not to be you know, cited exactly how thing, you know, retelling of everything that went wrong. But you know, even in our darkest times, we were consistently getting you know, 14,000, 15,000 people out to games. And that you know, speaks volumes towards the, the strength of our fandom. And you know, and it, it's well on that we've just touched over twenty thousand mm-hmm. members for for twenty nineteen. So it's breaking. Give it two months, and those fans will be <laughs> Southwest Sydney, the new uh, A-League team. No, I'm being serious. They're, 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 exactly, they're just waiting for there, a clear. There is a certainly a big element of bandwagonism there, and you're absolutely right about jumping onto the oh. newest and coolest trend. So twenty thousand fans, which is another uh, relative to the time of year, another record, isn't it, um, Hamish? That's a 
club record to hit 20k at this time of the pre, um, the preseason. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, at January, and I reckon if we win the two trials or you know something. Happens, yeah, you, if, if you go into go into the season with a bit of momentum, then going into the new stadium, there's a chance to really explode the the membership numbers by mid-season for sure. So that'll be really cool if we can, you know, and evidently, um, evidently the, the, the coach and the players need to start strongly in their, you know, own um, own needs as well. So a lot of stake. But yeah, if you're a true fan, get your membership now. Don't wait. From, from what I understand, and, and uh, I apologise if I'm wrong, but I think I read that uh, you're not going to be able to get a ticket for the first match unless you're a member. Um, yeah, from memory, the Platinum sold out. Gold has sold out. Um, silver has about a hundred tickets left, and then general admission. So take even though I just blasted the Wanderers, we've got to copy them in their first season when they were winning. Um, Sydney, the Sydney Derby was the hottest ticket exactly, in town. Yeah. You couldn't get a ticket. So if we start winning our first two games and we make it, it's only to get a ticket. You have to be a member. Then that's just going to make everyone become a member because. I only became a member this year to prove <laughs> I wasn't the curse last year and to have a chance to what to what to at least a guaranteed and, ticket at the stadium. Clubs, I don't want to have to not just Parramatta, but a lot of NRL cards have been gravitating to the uh, short term, medium term ticketed membership options whereby you get a membership and like a free game ticket or a five game ticket sort of um pass. Um, you know, as opposed to just a full season ticketed membership which is, you know, their their bread and butter as far as uh, membership goes. But yeah, they, they want to pump up those membership numbers by any means possible, and that's one of the more popular ways in recent times. But yeah, building... Yeah, we don't have that option this year, though. We did. It's only full season. We did We did nothing. last year, at various times of the year, they would release, you know, by by like, you know, mid-year, they'd say, here's a free game, you know, membership and ticket. So I, I assume that, depending on membership numbers, because I expect the stadium to be relatively sold out, uh, ticket, ticket membership-wise, depending on our numbers later in the year, they might see something similar, uh, similar, similar. Uh, yeah I think the uptake was so great this year or at least that's what was put to me by the club is that um, they could only release uh, an annual yes um, club membership and as opposed to doing I, five games I think Bertie touched on an important point there for Western Sydney Stadium West Bank Stadium Paris Stadium whatever you want to call it is that you really want to be building those marquee matchups um, which is obviously relying on us to be a you know good enough for it to happen on the field but you want, you know, your game against the West Tigers on Easter Monday, which is, to be fair, the NRL, uh, Parramatta and West Tigers have worked for a number of years now to build that up as a marquee sort of holiday game. Uh, and I, I think there was talk about us getting potentially our own ANZ fixture. Is that uh, ANZ, ANZAC fixture? Um, yeah, there was talk against the Dogs. Yeah. So that, that had but been, that's gone. Nah. It, it's gone, is it? So I, I imagine that's something they might, yeah, they might yeah. revisit the NRL because obviously they're always interested about maximising their revenue via um, uh, attendance and even TV ratings, so that that's potentially something that could be back on the table later. But you look at you look at Parramatta, and obviously having the dogs at Parramatta would be the first time in in a long time. It would be great to have that you know rebuild up as a even for dogs on a great team, you know potentially a, a big game. Um, do we we don't get Melbourne at Parramatta, don't we? What is, yeah, we do. Oh, we do. Do we? I don't think. We got Melbourne and Brisbane, and I made a big uh, scene about it last. Uh, are, we, are we at Melbourne or yeah, we're at Melbourne. We're not. Yep. No, we, no, no, we're we're at we're yeah, at oh. we're at Brisbane. Yeah, so that's yeah. the, the see yeah. Melbourne Magic Melbourne ground. Melbourne would be a, a good ground. game to have at Parramatta because it's it's always tight games, but we never get them because 
or the way the the draw construction works, they can request interstate teams. Um, I'm just looking at our draw now. What? They're cheats as well, man. We sort of forgot uh, that. <laughs> um, I was looking at our draw. Um, the Broncos Never game, forget. round 14 Broncos game. You want that to be sort of a, a big game. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Really, the, Bulldogs. The Bulldogs. Bulldogs round 23. Penrith should be a big one. Yeah. That's a bloody Thursday night. And Ricky returns yeah, back to Parra, does he? No. No, that's... Oh, it's TIO. It's up in... Uh, yeah, it's our oh. Darwin game. Oh, Darwin. Oh, he he, he returns to Paris spiritually, I guess. But, yeah. So, yeah, I think Hamish put no one. So, yeah. you're looking at Penrith, the Dogs, the Broncos, um, the West the West Tigers, and and Manly, I suppose, but their fans just travel awfully, so you're not expecting much out of that. That'd be... Need to be a very strong Paratons. Uh Yeah, Dragons. They're, they're, yeah, they've dragons got a very good travelling well. contingent, so they're probably the games you're looking to try and build into your marquee. Uh, attendance games. Anything else on Paris Stadium, Western City Stadium, boys? The pictures are looking. No, that I think about wraps it up. So um, we'll we'll get into the Blue and Gold Army Festival, which is to take place on Sunday, the third of March, twenty nineteen, taking place at Prince Alfred Square, Parramatta, three fifty three D Church Street, Parramatta. Is that that main area there um, near the town hall? Yep, and um, just be careful if you're travelling by train because they've got a lot of um, construction going there and you might have to go around by going through the um, the Westfields there. I've had to do that a couple of times recently. Um, so general public entry from 3 to 6 with EELS members to receive access to an exclusive area from 3pm for player signings. If you want to get anything signed, get down there really early, probably before 3 because you can be lining up for the whole day. Oh wait, do I have a great, do I have a great pun? Okay. Come on. Oh, I do. <laughs> it's there. Oh, it's... Oh. <laughs> it's there. Okay. Okay, I'm going to wait. I'm going to sit in this at the end of the show, I think, because this... <laughs> All right. It'll be in the, it'll be in the post talk. And the, I'm going to say this. The Daily Telegraph missed a trick. They missed a big trick. They they had a chance to, to drop this, and they didn't, so... You could say they dropped the ball on it. Yeah, they, they definitely dropped the ball, because I'm... Um, they, they didn't know where's the love. <laughs> we got anything else to talk about? Um, there was the the lurker rumour about Parramatta potentially uh, chasing oh, one oh. one Blake Braley, which, uh, I mean, no, no. Who knock, wants to sign it? No knock on Blake Braley, who is the younger brother of the very talented Jay. No, 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 there is, a, there is a knock on Blake Braley. B-L-A-Y-K- Blake! Yeah, that, what? Uh, it's, that is uh, not how you spell that child's name. <laughs> All that's more knock on his parents than bloody Blake himself. <laughs> but yeah, Blake Blake is a very talented Jesus young hooker. Um, the Blake lurker Mount drew it, and you don't. <laughs> the, the, Blake the, with a Y. The, the lurker had a very short column about how Parramatta were making a million dollar offer. Uh, no talk about contract length or anything like that. So I, I mean, I'll file that in, uh, you know, pretty wildly um, unverified. Yeah. I'd say pretty close to pretty close to impossible. Uh, you know, Reed Marnie's um, coming off a, a very you know very good rookie cam, rookie season. wasn't in the mix for Dalian Rookie of the Year, but you could make a case that he was probably the most overlooked rookie of that class. You know, there was some fantastic plays in there that deservedly got the the wider portraits, but um, Reed was very good in his opportunities across was it six or seven games, um, nine. There you go. So he um, you know did some great things for us. 
And then beyond, you know, beyond Reed, there's the um, very talented Carl Schneider, who we've talked about a lot in the podcast. Even today, we talked about him playing potentially on Thursday for Wenty. So, I mean, once again, it's not, it wouldn't be a knock on Blake Braywee. It just it feels like a bad fit timing-wise when you've got two young hookers on the books that you presume the club, you know, like a lot, given the amount they've invested in them and, you know, where they're in the pecking order in the top 30 in the development six. So, I don't know. Yeah, that, that, that one came out of left field a couple of days ago. And yeah, um, Hamish, what have, we, what have we got? Is that it for Parramatta News? Yeah, I think that just about sums us up. So um, I don't know if we want to get into. Okay, so I suppose. Oh, don't we want to? Been doing I suppose we're going to predict our team list now, or are we going to? No, you got to you got to give us. I'm thinking we wait until after the trials. Actually, okay. like obviously we'll probably have Dylan Brown. All of us. Um, well, maybe we don't know, know yet. Change that to Dylan Brown. So we'll find someone before round one. Never <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's an option. We've got the cap space. <laughs> and, uh, well, speaking of, that, that was one thing we didn't touch on, is that NRL.com reported that uh, the Parramatta Eels narrowly missed out on bringing George Burgess across for three years starting this season um, as 11th-hour yes. so, hour negotiations fell apart. Um, since then, it's been reported that Burgess is trying to make a move to join the Broncos, I believe, to link up with his um, former coach, Seabold. But that that you know sort of made sense roster wise because Parramatta are obviously always looking to um, bolster that forward pack. And if you if you could have got George Burgess, who I, who I don't think is a a blue chip prop, I think he's a good prop with the potential to be very good. But he's inconsistent. But if you could have put him in alongside um, you know your workhorse in Alvaro and you know another powerhouse in Junior, all of a sudden you've got the makings of a pretty strong prop rotation. But it didn't it didn't um, work out. So. I mean, as we expected, it means that Parramatta is probably still targeting a, a big bookend, sort of a difference maker through the middle. Um, so that's that's something to jot down your little black books when you're looking at recruitment targets for next year, or even for this year if the right man comes along. But as we um, we talked about earlier, you know, priority probably is right now uh, locking up Dylan Brown, locking up Reed Marnie, and a few other guys like that. Well, I think that that just about sums us up for tonight. So um, I don't know if anybody's got anything else to add. I do. I've got to drop the pun now. Um, for anyone that's on Daily Telegraph today, uh, uh, well, just before 6 o'clock, they dropped a nice little article about Blake Ferguson, you know, bringing the love to Parramatta. He's um, very hands-on, um, likes hugging people, and he likes t- touching people's hands, he says. <laughs> but um, I've I got to say, they missed a trick. Blake Fergie Ferguson, you know, comes to Parramatta and he asks, where's the love? You know, and they, they just, they, uh, yes. they, they missed the, missed the trick right um, there. Come on. Yeah, well, yeah. you know why they didn't do it? Because uh, Fergie didn't sing on that song. That song's actually with Justin Timberlake. So still, still part of the black eyed piece. Come on, man. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's, um, I, I expect from the media, if Blake Ferguson continues his form from, um, uh, the Roosters last year, where he was, you know, phenomenal across a number of statistical categories, they're going to be starting, you know, if he's starting set strong for Parramatta, you know, let's get it started. It's going to need to be a headline, um, you know, boom, let's boom, get power. It started, it. Yeah. Let's get it started. There's another one. There's yeah, another let's get it started. So, My humps. And if, if Parramatta, if Ferguson's, work. you know, taking Parramatta to the finals and we look like real contenders, I got a feeling. Oh, so it, it, this is all season, boys. <laughs> the, the Fergie stuff writes itself. What were some of her singles? I'm not she sorry. Some, she had some terrible singles. Um, milk, milk money or something. Milk money. That was one of them. How do you work that one in. 
worked that in something. Hey, like let's go look at money. yeah. Let's go look at Fergie's catalog while we're um, doing our outros and, <laughs> and our shout outs. Um, well, I think we can save that probably for another day. Um, do we want to? Do we want to? Yeah, uh, milf, milf dollars is exactly right. Milf um, dollars. There you oh, go. Yeah. We'll work that in somehow. I mean, if Anthony Milford joins Parramatta, milf dollars. A, a little party never killed nobody is probably not the not sort of headline the NRL wants these days. But um, um, big girls don't cry. That big girls don't one. cry. Fergalicious. Oh, that. Oh, how could you not that one? London Bridge. Maybe I might go to London for a game. You never know. <laughs> when we when we win the con, we go to the the World Club Challenge. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be playing. we we'll playing the London yeah. Broncos. Yeah. There you Oh, when South's coming, we, we smashed boom, the... Boom, boom, power, brothers. pump it. There's, there's, there's a lot of great material here, thanks. That, yeah. I mean, that is the real upside. Forget, you know, 200 metres a game. Forget 19 tries, 20 line breaks, 60 oh, tackle busts. Man. It's about the puns that he brought to us. So thank you, uh, uh, Brad Arthur. Thank you, Bernie Gurr. Thank you, everyone involved in that because the Blake Ferguson um, addition to Parramatta has just made the, the pun game, you know, enter S-tier categories. Uh, did, did, you, did you guys miss us? I, I missed you it's guys. So. And Hamish hey, yeah, hey, has got nothing right. to say now. He's um, wordless. Well, we'll jump on to uh, to you, Bertie. What, what's happened this off season? Your Cowboys obviously bowed out. Oh yeah, but I'm actually happy because um, yeah, the offensive has gone. Is gone, and yeah. he was literally oh god. Plus the team, you know, at one stage were three and, and you... five, looking at. Top ten draft pick, and then they addressed their Rashad, issue. At this point is, in time, um, he hasn't left, so yeah, I think he's going to be promoted to defensive coordinator. So um, I'm I'm just glad they did something because they don't do much yeah. mid um, season, Doctor Jerry Jones, and they went and got Amari Cooper. And people were saying, oh, it might be. A bit I mean, I I, I had I had big question marks over the trade history, but the now. value's been there undoubtedly. Cooper was phenomenal for you guys um, in in the run through to the finals. Yeah. So now, now you got to find a yeah, way to get just... Lawrence signed up long term. Um, you'll probably be in the market for Earl Thomas. Um, so that that'll be exciting for you there. But yeah, the Cowboys are well positioned to to contend because I mean the Giants might be better next year. It's hard to tell. Philly are in a weird spot because uh, I don't know. Nick Foles is a better QB for them than uh, Carson Wentz. No, no, they're buying up Foles and then trying, they're going to they, they, choose who he wants to They're going to gonna franchise him and then flip him to uh, and get hopefully get you know a first or a second to a team that he's happy to go to. So, but Yeah, that's my understanding of what they're going to do. I don't know. The NFC East is in a pretty weird spot. Uh, Redskins are awful. So, uh, or, you know, Washington, whatever you want to call them. Uh, this this draft is is not a draft for QBs. It's literally uh, the first one is, is Haskins. I, if you I, look at it, I I next agree draft, on a superficial level, but you yeah. hear that every year, Birdie. You know this this draft class isn't great for QBs. It's next year, you know, because next year you got uh, uh, Tua Pelotu and um, the Sunshine Sunshine from um, Tua, yeah. what's it called? Uh, oh no, he's another. He's an easy won't be for. 20, oh, he was a true freshman. He was a true freshman. Can we just stop for a second? One Did you say Sunshine? Yeah. yeah. The, the the guy the guy the the yeah, guy that guy. Um, won the national title, played for Clemson. Literally, Clemson. literally is sunshine from Remember the Titans, right down to being like a, a superstar QB. Yeah. Um, he he came in this year like long flying gold hair, and um just can't. His name is Sunshine. Yeah. No, his name. Oh. No, nah, name is Trevor Lawrence, oh, but they just right. call him Sunshine. Because I was gonna say I've heard there's some 
they say yeah, bloody just... weird names, but that's that's a bit more hippie than weird. But yeah, Dwayne Dwayne Haskins. Um... You should have a look like look at this guy Ham. He looks like he's played. Um, he looks like he's from the sixties, mm-hmm. from the Summer of Love. Wait, he's he's absolutely the Beach Boys era. Uh, Californian, so I post an image, but um, yeah, also my Tottenham Spurs, they're um, they're uh, five points from the leaders after not yeah, signing the, anyone back to back windows. Are being now, that's extraordinary, <laughs> you know. And, oh, and we've got no stadium, so they're like Parramatta, they're just playing a stupid venue. And I don't know, man, I'm, I'm actually I'm ha- proud of them, but uh, we just need to sign players, man. Invest, don't be don't be tight, Levy or Levy, whatever you call them. But, uh, oh, by the way, uh, Ham, thank you to your West Ham for um, doing the league a favor and not letting the scum Liverpool. <laughs> well, um, also clear, their man, first because... goal was offside, so yeah. Oh, I'm... they've they've scored nine goals this year offside, offside goals this year, and they've had oh, and Salah goes down yeah. when you just breathe on him. So like, no one wants the league, no one wants him in the league to win it for them. But yeah. And aside from that, Bertie, anything else going on NBA wise? Uh, and. Nah, uh, oh, you know you're getting old when your your nieces are starting school. My niece started school I'll two days ago, and I feel so old. <laughs> you're the baby. You don't get to complain. You don't get to complain oh, about God. feeling old. You, you know how I said, uh, <laughs> just give me the shits. Well, uh, <laughs> it's the teacher's fault now, not my fault. One just of palm the, it on one to of the legendary good luck, uh, teachers. Those, uh, oh, that, so back, good. Back that should start yeah. every single one of our podcasts. Like, yeah. Just what's, you what's know, got, what, you know, what grinds Bertie's gears? See, actually, when you, when you do the put the podcast out, tag it for when Birdie joins, because that's when oh. people are just going to skip to. They're not going to worry about all the rest of the crap. They're just going to skip to when Birdie. That's what I'm going to do. That's what that's all, that's all I care about. <laughs> uh, is it, by the way, is that a new logo? The Para Podcast? Yeah, I've just done that oh, up. Okay. So I was just going to spit all of it, but that's okay. We'll do that off the air. <laughs> um, Oh, so that might be a hint. There oh, might sorry. be a new logo for us. To be continued. <laughs> 40. What have you been doing um, in the off-season? So, what have I been doing in the off-season? Worked hard up until Christmas. Um, closed the family business. So, I've got a couple of months off now. So, I'm looking forward to starting to push out a lot more content for TCT, which will be fun. Um, be a lot of stuff to cover in the juniors. And it's going to be a fun ride in the um, NRL for all the reasons that we've talked about in the podcast. New stadium, new guys in Ferguson, Junior, Sean Lane. Uh, so that, that's going to be cool. Uh, Sides from that, uh, my Seahawks got done by Birdies Cowboys in the first round of the finals, but um, it was a good tough game. And you know, a lot of pundits were tipping Seattle to go four and twelve, uh, five and eleven this year. So to get to the finals with um, double digit wins was huge. Um, it was really like a really fun season as a fan because of that. You know, very low expectations, and they started punching well above their weight. Uh, what else is doing for me? Uh, not much. Following the NBA loosely without a team. Um, I suppose Ben Simmons, you know, you follow him because he's the superstar Aussie. Um, the uh, All Stars, that's Aussie right. Um, he's having a very good, he can't shoot for shit, yep. but he's having a really good year. Aside from that, so if he ever develops a jumper, he's going to be like LeBron level of unstoppable. Um, so that'll be the the plan for him. Uh, then aside from that, I don't know. I've been um, watching so much Curb Your Enthusiasm um, in my spare time. Great show. Uh, Larry David is a disgustingly hilarious human being. Um, yeah, I just, he is, I don't know, he's like the spirit animal for everyone that hates stupid societal conventions. So, um, yeah, if you, if you haven't watched it, absolute classic show. I uh, highly recommend it. 
Um, I wasn't a huge Seinfeld guy, which is funny, but um, Curb Your Enthusiasm, I absolutely adore it. Weren't you on the radio, by the way, as well? For a oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, um, PM? Yeah, I got to jump on uh, with um, PM Sunday uh, Sports Show, which was really fun because they got a really nice crew down there. Um, we got to talk about all things NRL, talk about you know why Parramatta were struggling in 2018. Um, and I, Did you tell them uh, why, I, that it, we didn't play Parramatta in a trial match? No, I didn't crack. We, I didn't crack the code at that point in time. Uh, I didn't have you, you know, yeah. um, there to, we to Dan solve Brown the riddle for me. Code. That's that's what <laughs> she was actually painting about. It wasn't. To but, do. Um, yeah, that that was really fun, and um, hopefully they'll have me on again sometime because I I did spruik the Para podcast and I did spruik Mum, uh, my slash sixties Mitch nah, and Chris's nah, site. You can't go back um, there now. You can't. Um, it's your the Cumberland site. Fro. And um, speaking of, uh, yeah, you can catch me and all my stuff at TCT, at EOSTCT on Twitter, thecumberlandfray.com um, for our actual site. Uh, going to have a lot of coverage going down the next couple of weeks. I've got a big preview for um, uh, Parramatta's chances in the NRL coming up this year in, in regards to a very interesting um, wider NRL landscape. Been a lot of transactions, both players and coaches this year. And I honestly feel that there's only been a handful of teams that have genuinely improved their rosters. Um, I'm looking at Newcastle, I'm looking at the Dragons, I'll give the Titans, but they you know, got their own issues being the Titans. Um, Parramatta, you can make a case for there with our, um, you know, big free recruits. Uh, so yeah, I mean, the defending premiers lost a lot of talent. Yes, they got uh, Crichton from Souths, um, but, you know, they lost Blake Ferguson, their forward pack's looking a little bit vulnerable, and then um, Manly, Manly, Melbourne lost Billy Slater. So, the, you know, you look across the wider and landscape, and there is a chance for Parramatta to bounce back. I'm not saying worse the first. Beat the Roosters. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so look look for that to come out from me in the next day or two. I'm going to be out at Ring Rose to cover both the 20s and the ISP game. Um, I won't get out to the junior reps this week. I'm a question mark for next week because of that really awful scheduling. Um, lots of away games this year. But yeah, um, a lot of content coming up. So yeah, hit me up on TCT. I said, uh, are you playing any gigs uh, or anything well, like that? Actually, or was, that was going to be music. my kickoff that um, after plugging... Bands for a year. I finally joined one permanently. Hey! Uh, yeah, so I'm very, very excited. Um, all right, so stick with me here. So the name is something in Italian because the guitarist is Italian. He come up with a name. Like he tells me all the time what the name is, but I never remember it. So I just go, yeah, okay, whatever. But it's the initials are O L A B Olab. So. Whatever that stands for, what you can make a stand for whatever you want it to. I don't really care. Um, so yeah, we we're just um, just writing some songs at the moment, um, and I think we're going to be looking to start gigging about mid this year. So yeah, that that's been very exciting. Been able to get back into the music scene of Sydney when it's when I was last playing was v- sort of on the downward projectory and and now it's just at rock bottom um but there's a lot of underground gigs out there so that'll be very cool to go to um but yeah, other than that just same old west ham <laughs> i've just been linked olab fluid control that's not it <laughs> i was just i was just about to buy a t-shirt that's um, the course yeah same old west ham taking the piss beat Bloody Man United 3-0 one week and then lose to Wolverhampton the next week 4-0 or something ridiculous. Luguette get knocked out of the FA Cup by bloody Wimbledon who were coming last in League 1. 
God, he's, it's like supporting Parramatta. It, it really is. You, you go against a top team and you think you're going to lose and somehow they pull out a, a win or a draw and then you come up against the absolute worst teams in the competition or whatever and they lose. It's, it's, I, I, I don't know why I support them. So, yeah. It is, <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's been... But you got me a Khalifa, don't forget. That so, yeah, that's a plus. Now, so. That's a, that's, yeah. that's, there's two big pluses there. Um. <laughs> Wait. And you just blow bubbles at the stadium, so that's pretty good. <laughs> I should have said, who's Mia Khalifa? I'm giving away. I'm giving, I'm giving away my search <laughs> <But history. laughs> Oh, God. Nah. Allegedly, yeah. I don't know who she is, I but I just I heard her name. I saw a photo one time. <laughs> you, Hamish? All right, yeah, yeah, and on to me. Uh, working from home yesterday, so I got to watch the Super Bowl. Not much to write home about, although I did get my two bets up. And for those playing the home <laughs> game, you can bet on the length of the <laughs> national anthem. Easy money um, for Hamish. And there was a bit of controversy, actually. There was a bit of controversy, um, but I had it over 111.5 seconds, um, which it passed that by about 25 seconds, so we're all good. Um that's right, it was Gladys Knight. Um, so, um, she's still got the pipes. Um, and then also had the Patriots 1 2 14, uh, which was. Jared Goff sucks. That was Mitchell, that's Mitchell Pierce didn't, didn't choke as bad as Jared Goff did. Like, and that's saying something. Like, Jared Goff completely crumbled on the big stage. The Patriots didn't even have a good. Like, coming into that game. They were tied second worst in the league for sacks, and they absolutely, you know, victimised him, and he just fell apart. That intercept, Bertie, I, I I know you don't like Stephen Gilmore, and I thought he was trash at Buffalo, but he's been really good at the Patriots. That interception that he took, any one of us on the podcast could have taken that interception. He threw it up in the air, and it just lobbed up, and his guy didn't even have a chance. It was, was just the embarrassing. Yeah, the fourth oh, quarter interception. Yeah, essentially, yeah, it was a very, very it was their, their, their um, last chance, last that. chance to lock the game up, pretty much. And he just he threw one good part. His only good parts of the game was the pass before that, and then after that he just lobbed it up and it just got intercepted. I don't know what was more terrible, um, Jared Goff's performance number <laughs> five. Come on, man. No, hey, I think you're available next year in January. Um, if if, if Ron was on a podcast, he'd be telling you the greatest travesty of the Super Bowl was no SpongeBob song. What what was it? Sweet victory, uh, sweet victory. Yeah. Sweet well, there was rumors that they were going to play, and and they put a so three they, second three second clip of um, the that the very beginning of Sweet Victory, but instead they played some girl, rap song. I don't even know what. And it was. the biggest the biggest um, yeah, the biggest twist out of the day: the Bud Knights dead. I don't know if anyone follows really? the, the Bud Light that, commercials because I watch NFL, that, I get them all the time. They oh killed the God. Bud Knight. He's dead. A crossover of Game of Thrones. And he got killed by... No, the, the most recent one is Dilly Dilly. Dilly Dilly. Um, and that seems to... They, yeah, that's that's been going on for they, about two they years sort of, they, they lucked out on this like silly medieval advertising campaign for Bud Light with their, like the catchphrase Dilly Dilly, like the, the kingdom just shouts out Dilly Dilly randomly. And it got really popular and then like they introduced the Bud Knight because be obviously Bud Light, Bud Knight. And he was yeah, like, yeah, this, this badass uh, medieval knight and he got killed by, uh, I don't want to say it because of Game of Thrones spoilers, but the by a, a prominent antagonist 
um, in the crossover commercial. So I was I was very upset. Bud Knight. That'd be classic. You'd be you'd be out nimbin or bellinging or something like that. The Bud Knight. Yeah. <laughs> It's a, yeah. it, exactly that, that 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 is an awesome festival name for I mean that's probably a little yeah. bit controversial it's at the moment because of the um the big issues with festival drug abuse but <laughs> um, the Bud Nights Bud <laughs> is a fantastic name for a for a marijuana festival there you go yeah. people want to shut this podcast down you won't shut it down <laughs> the Mardi you won't you Night. won't get to it <laughs> oh the, get stereosonic the the Parapo- the Parapodcast <laughs> pi- pioneers and entrepreneurs since 2018. Seriously. Seriously. Yeah, there's a there's a fringe, a fringe and insidious element of the para fandom that are intent on getting the Parapodcast shut Put down due to allegations of um cursing the <laughs> Eels' performance more, in 2018. Unsubstantiated claims. Very very sad. If I'm going to you know channel uh, a very you know popular quote-unquote popular figure in the u.s media very sad no the para podcast is very big very very good oh, God. all right well let's um let's wrap that up i think we've uh, <laughs> we've touched on everything we don't really want to go much further with politics um although there was some um some, which train station did you get off at there was a what, what is it the is it australia first what's your, actual, what's your address what called but there was somebody down there today um, at the train station, so um, that was Medicare. Yeah, give me something, something more to work with than that. Train stations. So is this Thomas the Tank Engine? Yeah. Just so no, we know. No, just just you know. a train station. It's good. Just from um, just a train station. Yeah. Uh, I don't really want to divulge. No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I need, I'm going to need your driver's license number. Uh, your credit, your credit card, your credit card, um, sixteen digits, the expiry date, and the CVV or CVC on the back, please. Yeah, this, you know, we've got to ver- we've got to verify your your identity if you're going to be leading us around this podcast. We need a little bit of um security here. Uh, we can do that in a couple of weeks' time. <laughs> um, all right, well that'll do it, <laughs> and uh, that'll yeah. do us for tonight. And uh, we'll be back. Right. Uh, Probably, I don't know about next 40. week, but maybe the week right. after, after the season. Well, we'll, we'll have a, we'll have a sort of sit down and discuss whether the results of that Thursday trial was, uh, were notable enough to warrant a podcast. Uh, what happens if I miss you guys? Jeez. I thought we were brothers. All right, we'll, we'll talk I'm about it off here. Late. I just want to, I want to know okay. where's the love boys. You know, I, we're going to need Fergie here. Catch okay, <laughs> we'll catch you on the next Para podcast, um, which will be wrapping up some of that those highlights. Um, hopefully, we'll have a bit more news ready to come um, past the, up to the trial date yeah, or past the trial date. Away. Hopefully, we get a uh, a team list sometime soon, um, and then we'll mm. dive into all those um, things in the lead up to the NRL season because we're now only. Gosh, how far are we away? What, what's our start date? Uh, for, the fourteenth is yeah. the first game on um, Melbourne Storm Broncos. I say. And we play Penrith on Sunday, right? There you are. So five five weeks to go, and then we're 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 kicking off against Panthers, and that's a Sunday Ooh. afternoon game um, oh, out at Panthers. So of it's course, going to be stick, um, sticking hot. Needs those dollars. I can always visit Penrith for that time of year. So. Yeah, big game. We're going to go. What is it? It's twenty four games played now. Is that right? Twenty three. Oh, what, what's the new? Twenty five rounds. Twenty five rounds. Twenty games. We're going twenty four and zero until. With one bite, yeah, 24, 24 games. 24 until proven otherwise. All right, well, we'll catch you on the next one. <laughs> All right, boys, catch you. Stop the PewDiePie.